Ukweli wa mabo. To be very honest, this is my current mood. Mm. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? What did you know? Okay. <laughs> did you know that being silly at least once a week is very, very, very good for your feet? Because it makes your feet smoother. Yeah, try it. Okay, now I'm all set. Let's just uh, get into this business with Jesus. I've even sanitized to indicate that I'm very serious and I'm very ready. Joshua chapter 9. Now, uh, you're wondering, Sasa, this mama, why is Joshua chapter 9 going to talk to us about our relationships and how we should behave in our relationships? What's been happening here? Moses died, handed over to Joshua. Joshua was told, be strong and of good courage. Be strong and very courageous. He was told by Moses. He was told by God himself. He was told by even the people. I think he even told himself. Now he is with the people and Joshua has been commanded. Now you're leading this people into the promised land. Hallelujah. Now. Here's what you have to do. You have to lead them. And to every land I lead you to possess, you are to drive out those nations. Do not be afraid for I will have already, you know, every time they would go maybe to the Hittites or to the Jebusites or to the whatever ites, God would make sure you know i like just you know can i just throw in a joke in there i like how pastor steven fertig always brings in the cellulites in the hittites in the jebusites jokes you get it cellulites you 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 don't get it Back to Samuel. In every nation, God would tell Joshua, do not be afraid for I have already handed these people over to you. So Joshua would go in assured of victory. I mean, who wouldn't be assured of victory? God already told you you're victorious. Please eh, proceed. But here's the thing. I remember this one time they proceeded with the people of Ai. And I think the people of Israel told themselves, I think we can attack. So they went and attacked. It is so funny how the Bible puts it. They were beaten. They were given such a a bit down it was like you know what we just go for battles that god has authorized from now henceforth can we just do that okay cool so now word has gone round i mean just imagine people who have come from a faraway land who are just coming and they're moving and they're moving with a force that has not been seen before and then you skiafu nunus about these people and you kind of hear rumors about them and it turns out these people are actually guided by god now you're a people who believes in false gods you've carved out for yourself to god's apple and you pray for them you give them sacrifices and they're eaten by rats and the and the termites and whatever else is in that building but these people they have a real god he's invisible for sure but he is as visible in his actions in as much as you can't see him Moses only could see him and Joshua can talk to him. This God is so visible in his actions. So imagine you just seated there. Let's say you're a cellulite country. The Israelites are coming in there and they, you just know, you just know, you just know they're going to be victorious. You know, even before they come to you, you know, you've lost the battle. That was the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites knew they had lost the battle even before the battle came to them. <laughs> it's so interesting. 
fighting. How you lose the battle even before you start the battle. Which is so ironic because that's what many so-called Christians, many people lose the battle to the devil even before the devil comes to them. Because they're already too scared of the devil why they should actually be putting all their hope and all their faith in Christ. They're so busy trying to say, Unajua, Aki, that was just the devil. Unajua, Ulena, that other thing, Aki, I swear. And I'm telling you, devil, Mahali, you're like, sis, Ebu first think about God for a second. What are you talking about? You are created in the image of God the Father. Can you think about him? Can you obsess with him? Okay, back to the story. Now, so the Gibeonites, they car like this. They're like, imagine, uh-uh, it's not going to happen. Imagine we are not dying like this. Why? Imagine, like we, we, are, we are brought to earth, our mother's give birth to us and and they what would they do they fed us we've been doing happy mother's day over here and then these guys want to come and wipe us out uh uh-uh, it's not going to happen so if you go through the book of joshua chapter 9 um i actually divided it into three parts because i because i like to sound learned imagine i like to you go to verse 4 and in verse 4 if you read verse 4 because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read the whole chapter for you what are you guys going to do when you're alone huh you do the homework. You go read the chapter. My synopsis. Is it a synopsis? Man, so this is not even a synopsis. This is, um, this is, uh, you know that thing where you're analyzing? Yes, that's what it is. My analysis of the chapter is in verse 4 is where we see them devising the plan. Ah, they come up with a plan. Verse 5 and 6, they go to Joshua with a plan. So, interestingly, these people, they carry, they, they get their chariots, right? And in their chariots, they put bread that has already gone bad. They wear sackcloth that is already torn and it's looking old in you know like when you throw your garment somewhere for like 10 years and then suddenly you know because fashion is a vicious thing i think fashion is a vicious kamama over there for real because fashion comes back from when our moms used to be young and now we are slowly going back to when they were young and and my sister and i have been raiding my mom's closet but that's beside the point so they dis they devise a plan and they think okay we're going to do this we're going to carry wine skins that are old we're going to wear clothes that are old and torn and then the bread is going to be already bad imagine these people go imagine they just go they go to joshua and they tell him we've come from a very far away country we've come to make a peace treaty with you and we would like to live in unison with you people so that when you come over to our place we will live in harmony and joshua asks them are we not going to later discover that you're our neighbors and they say no 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 oh my gosh no what us lie to you why (laughs) what that's so wild that you would think of that but in actual sense, the Gibeonites were just neighbors. So I like so much what is written in verse 14. And when I read verse 14, the Holy Spirit seriously, so clearly spoke in this verse. And that's what inspired this particular podcast material. And verse 14 said that they went through their things, but they did not inquire of the Lord. So you see, these people are saying they've come from too far. Their bread has already gone bad. This is why their, their clothes look the way they look. But unfortunately, they do not inquire of the Lord. Why do they not inquire of the Lord? Because everything, everything seemed so convincing. The bread is stale. Their clothes are torn. These people look dilapidated. I mean, these people are not lying. These people are not lying. So that's how I looked at it. And I think this by far from the 
few words I have read so far, I've realized I haven't read a more dangerous verse like this one. And the danger to me comes in where there are people who did not inquire of the Lord. And I'm not speaking in judgment. I'm speaking in, in stark reality. The fact that, oh my gosh, this is what we do. I think we do this sometimes even on a daily basis, you know. And I don't know what your experience is, but especially those times when we do not inquire of the Lord are the times when we think whatever we're looking at is so obvious. Do you know how dangerous that is? Do you see the sense in it? It's so dangerous because it's so obvious that it makes sense. It's those things where you're saying, I mean, duh. It's two plus two, it's four. What else should it be? So you choose not to inquire the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that when you're adding up two plus two, you should first of all pray and then confirm from God whether really it is four. I'm just trying to say that we need to be careful, especially when something seems obvious, when a presentation seems so convincing. You see, the challenge here comes in where you have to inquire of the Lord when that particular thing seems so obvious. So this man, this woman comes to you ticking all the right boxes. According to how your questionnaire has been designed, this man ticks all the right boxes. This woman ticks all the right boxes. Therefore, you find no need to inquire of the Lord because you figure, I had inquired of the Lord about this. Now this has come. Why should I go back? That's where the trick is. This is where the Lord calls unto us to ask for wisdom and insight. We need to be very, very careful when it is so compelling and when it is so obvious to the eye or to the senses that we should, especially at that point, inquire of the Lord. Now, if you look at what God had told Joshua to do, they were to completely drive out these nations. I can't really remember which particular nation, but I think it was just about one or two nations that God asked Joshua uh, that they should take the plunder from the nation. Plunder, in uh, in simpler terms, is, well, maybe like if we're playing a game, right? And... So you you wipe away the people, but those people have like horses and chariots and, and they have grapes and, and vines and whatever. You can take all that, it, but you have to kill the owners. All right. So that's maybe what plunder could be in. I think that is, I do not even play games. I don't even know why I made that just, I don't know why I made that game analogy, but my mind tells me it makes sense. So anyway, I go to part two of the book of Joshua. So just for a recap, so you don't miss a point, is the part one is the part where the Gibeonites have come and they have made a convincing and a compelling presentation, but failure to inquire of the Lord has now made them, the Israelites, make treaty with the Gibeonites. So we realize later that Joshua and his fellow people, get they get to discover that, oh my God, gosh what these people are neighbors they're just like over here they lie to us so you would probably think especially in the modern days where oaths and promises mean nothing to very many people you'd think that because they had made an oath with these people and people lied to them therefore they're gonna cancel the validity of the oath wrong they literally say somewhere in that chapter that they cannot now kill these Gibeonites because they had already made an oath with them that they will protect the Gibeonites. And God himself could punish the Israelites if they were to break the oath. Now, I know we're living in times where people make promises all the time. People make oaths all the time. Oaths of whatever nature. They make an oath to you as a friend. Imagine I will, you know what? Count on my financial support, all right? count on my financial support you go to work 
you make promises when when they're doing an interview to you you are so good you're saying i will do i promise i will i promise i will over satisfy the customer okay i will exceed the customer's expectations that's who i am that's me that's my dna all right and we forget very quickly what we said we make oaths even in terms of marriage vows we're living in those times where people are making marriage vows oaths and then they seem to forget amnesia i think the problem is amnesia i think the problem is not the people it's amnesia so part two i call it the mess because they later understand the gibbonites were neighbors and they feel cheated but they can't do anything because of the power of the oath and i thought that was a huge challenge to me made me ask myself hey whoa how many oaths have i made and lived up to And maybe you could ask yourself the same question. Have you made oaths you have not lived up to? I don't know. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. But then let's go to part three. Part three is the consequential relationship. What happens next? Since they couldn't kill them, they were put under a curse. Who? The Gibeonites. They were never to be released from under their service as woodcutters and water carriers. Now, question. Did the Gibeonites get to live? Yes, they did. Question number 2. Did they live the life that Jesus Christ said he came that we may live a life of abundance? Absolutely not. Yes, they lived. But they lived as slaves. Now, if we translate this to our relationships, this is a sure reason why especially we Christians, me, Christian, why we are in relationships that are so messed up and they are not working out and you are living with a person or dating a person who is constantly in disarray and the more you're together the more you grow apart you need to ask yourselves did you inquire of the lord because if you look at the whole chapter of Joshua 9 if it communicates to you the way it has communicated to me it's so interesting how without inquiring of the lord you are bound you are prone you are predisposed to getting yourself into mess after mess after mess and it becomes a consequence after another after another that really you have to live with for the rest of your life i don't know which role you're playing in this relationship i don't know whether you're the woodcutter the water carrier or you're the one in charge of the slave or are you both feeling like slaves in this relationship i do not know and now at this point i need to issue a very strong disclaimer because this is where sometimes people get to this point and uh, <clears throat> they start thinking that now they're being advised to part ways uh no <laughs> No, if we are in marriage, absolutely not. That is not your way out. If we're in dating, if we're in courtship, this is now the chance to go back and inquire of the Lord. Because the journey of moving forward without getting that go ahead from God himself is such a painful journey and I'm speaking from experience so I know what I'm talking about it is such a painful journey that if you just knew the right thing to do honestly you would just stop and tell God father in Jesus name I just need to know where is your hand in this where is your heart in this and how do you want me to proceed because I'm not moving If you're not moving with me, you have to get to a point and state the words like Moses did. I'm not going. If your presence that does not go with me, I'm not coming. 
It's not happening. Yeah. So just tell me. If you tell me we need to stop for a while, we need to wait it out, I'll wait it out. The day you tell me to stand up and go, I will go. Because I know when you move, you don't stop. But when you also ask your children to wait, then it's good for us to wait. I just want to say a quick prayer for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, this is me praying for every single listener. Bless them. Hear their prayers. Hear their cries. Lord, it was prophesied in the Bible that they will hear. They will have eyes, but they will not see. They will have ears, but they will not hear. I decree and declare that is not the portion for this listener in the name of Jesus. And neither is it the portion for me. Open our eyes, O Lord, to see that which we need to see. Open our ears, O Father God, to, to hear that which we need to hear. God, be our guide. Help us, O Holy Spirit, to always inquire of the Lord before everything and more so at the points in our lives when it seems most obvious help us to stop to be humble and to say lord we need you in this and moving forward father god i pray that you will forgive us all for me and the listener forgive us all of the mistakes that we've made of the decisions that we've made in the past that have not been to your glory forgive us father cleanse us of our sins Wash us new, O God. And from now henceforth, we pray, O God, that in humble submission to you, we will always make the right choices. Help us to not only be readers of the word, but also doers. Help us, Father, to obey your word and to live in your presence to the glory of God in our lives, in our workplaces, in our relationships with others, and above all things, in our relationships, in our courtships, and in our marriages. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Do continue to enjoy your life. Be happy. Whatever you do, I promise you, you need to learn how to be happy. Be silly sometimes. I gave you a dosage. Be silly at least once a day. Dance a little once in a while. Be the happiest you can be. Be the fullest you can be. Praise God as much as you can. Till next time. Goodbye.